Hi there, you're listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast. TCC, a home for you. Well, good morning, Trinity Community Church. Before I get started, I really sense very, very strongly in my heart, I have a scripture I want to share. I don't know who this is for, but I just want to read it. It's in Matthew 11, verse 28. It says, are you tired? It's in the message. Are you tired, worn out? Burned out on religion. Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. And work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. The Bible says, actually Jesus says it, that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Our Christianity shouldn't be a hard, laborsome Christianity because God has provided for us Christ. He said that he would give us the key of David, that we would be able to open doors that no man can close, and that he would close doors that no man can open. So if we would trust and the supernatural, almighty ability, power, and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ himself take our hands off of it and allow Christ to do the work in the heart. Because that's the work that really needs to be done. And you can't do it. You can't. So let go and let God. Amen? That was for somebody, hopefully. Well, for those of you that don't know who I am, my name is Daniel Lumpkin. I am an elder here at Trinity Community Church. And today, you have me. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. And today, we are going to finish, or not finish, but continue in the series, Gifted. And so before I get started, I'm trying to get set up here. We want to also welcome those of you that are online. Is, is everybody all right? Okay, everybody just seems so, you know. All right, so I want to share a story. Uh, years ago, and... and it's in connection with our gifts, right, and, and the parts in the body that are gifted differently and so forth. So I was a part of a ministry where I would come in early on Sunday morning, and I would set up, along with some other people, set up 250 chairs for Sunday service. I did this for quite a while. Uh, because at that time, we were meeting in the local YMCA. 
uh, in Wilmington. It's no longer there now, but that, that's where we were meeting at that time. Uh, I was in my late 20s, and, and I was just getting into Christ. And, you know, so I, I felt like I needed to start somewhere. I felt like I needed to start somewhere. And, and so I did that diligently, you know. But in my heart, I wanted to, like, be a minister. I really wanted to, like, teach. I wanted to do something. But I did what was needed at the time, and I did it as if I was actually teaching. I would set those chairs up and made sure that each one was in perfect alignment. I mean, my heart was so into it as I would line up each chair. I'm envisioning in my mind the day that I'm going to be in front of a crowd teaching the Word of God. And that was many, many years ago. And, and so I matriculated from setting up chairs to leading the new members class. So God, God was working. He was working. You know, my faithfulness in setting up chairs, it started to pay off. And, and after uh, some time in teaching new members class, I, I, I joined the praise and worship team, and I was doing praise and worship, and, and God was blessing. But my point is this. I did what was needed at the time and allowed God to work in my life to mature me, to grow me up, and, and, and to do some things in my life to prepare me for, for what was really the ultimate desire of my heart. And sometimes we can kind of think that our timetable isn't, you know, uh, God's timetable, and it's not, because God sees things, you know, in the macro. He, he sees the end from the beginning. He knows everything about you perfectly, better than you do. And so my time in each aspect of ministry that I endeavored to do as diligently and committed as possible, God honored it by gradually promoting me throughout my time in the body of Christ. And here I am. Here I am. And I'm not done. Amen? Today, we're going to continue again the series Gifted, but we're going to be looking at uh, a specific area of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 27. And just to give you a little history uh, of where Paul is and what he's talking about, the, these Corinthians were true believers, but they were arrogant, they were prideful, some of them was dibbling around in idol worship, they were doing uh, factions when they should have been coming together for communion and the love feast. And so Paul is trying to help them to understand who they really are in Christ. Spiritual gifts in the Greek is the Greek word charismata, charismata. And it is the plural for grace gifts. 
It means endowment or spirit-empowered service to the church to carry out God's plan for his people. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 12, Paul uses an illustration uh, of the body. Now, I have a picture here, and, and it's just a simple, simple illustration of a body and its varying parts. Because Paul wanted the Corinthian church to understand that this was who they were, a body. And I want you to notice more specifically that uh, the body is comprised of all of these varying parts. There are parts that are hidden on the inside. Those parts are vitally important for the functioning of the body. And then we have those parts that are the external parts of the body, those more visible parts that we can see. You know, and, and Paul was kind of trying to help the Corinthians understand, even though, you know, you're excelling in spiritual gifts, we're divided, we're selfish, we're jealous of one another's gifts. And so his, his goal was to help them understand their unity and their oneness in Christ. In 1 Corinthians 12, 12, we'll start there. It says, the human body is meant, has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So we see the human body has many parts, and it's the same with the body of Christ. Now, when you think about spiritual gifts, you know, a pastor has done an excellent job at identifying those giftings that are in the body. And God has uniquely gifted each and every one of us with at least one, at least one, some more. But I want you to also understand that his illustration of the body isn't an allegory. It isn't a metaphor. This illustration of the body is the literal, mystical body of Christ. It is who we are in Christ. Each of us together make up the body of Christ. And the church is not an organization. It's an organism. It is a living, breathing, vibrant organism that is alive. It is alive. Amen? Amen. Romans 12, 4 and 5 says this, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. I want you to really, you know, understand that it is vital. The body and its parts are vital. Each part is vitally important for the function and the overall health of the body. There are Jews, there are Greeks, 
they are slave and free, but they all make up the one body. And we all, regardless to who you are, we are all called to union and oneness in Christ. One body, many parts, with special and specific functions. Amen? 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. Some translations say, or drink from the same spirit. So we see it doesn't matter your class, your status, your ethnicity, doesn't matter. We are all one in Christ. So, so what does it mean? What does it mean to be baptized into Christ and to be in union or oneness with Christ? You know, as I was studying this, I, I kind of had some controversy with this, with this scripture, uh, you know, trying to understand it and to be able to uh, express it in a way that it could be understood. Uh, and so I'd like to present some understanding so that you fully understand what God has done to put us in a place of undeserved privilege. Amen? So the word baptized in that particular passage is a passive verb, and it, it means an action that is received, an action that is received. The mood of that verb, and I know this is some Greek stuff, however, I want you to understand what the, what the connotation of the word means. So the mood is indicative, and it expresses something that is true, something that has happened, something that you don't have choice of, something that God has decided, something that he did without asking you. This was God's prerogative. And to help further understand that, Colossians 2 and 12 says this. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. There it is. Who hath raised him from the dead. Said another way, it, it simply means dying and rising with Christ. Well, Brother Dan, what does that mean? Let me explain. But before I do that, I want to read one more, two more passages, and, and we'll dig in it. Romans 6, 3 through 4. Let's go there. Or do you not know as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Verse 5. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall walk in the likeness of his resurrection. 
Further understanding of that word baptize, it is the Greek word baptizo, and it means to submerge or to immerse. And so I have an envelope. I want to do a little illustration. So this is an envelope. This envelope is going to be representative of Christ. This is a $5 bill. This $5 bill is going to be you and me. All right? So through the operation of God that we just read in Romans or, and Colossians, God, when he was working the death the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, and the seating of Jesus Christ, he did something very unique. He took you and he baptized you into Christ's body. So what do you see? All you see is Christ. But guess what? Through Christ's death, through Christ's burial, through Christ's resurrection, ascension, and seating, guess who was there with him? We were. There is a term in Christendom called substitution, right? And that substitution sometimes can be misconstrued. But what it is is Christ died your death for you, as you, and with you. Amen? Is that clear? So, what literally happened? Let's move on. In verse 5 of Romans, it says, For we have been united together in the likeness of his death, so certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. So, to explain a little bit more in clearer detail, what that looked like, that word united together is the Greek word sumphutos, and it means to be planted together, planted together. So we were together with Christ through the process. Well, Brother Dan, what's the point? Well, it's everything. It's everything, because if I was there through the process, then that says something about who I now am based on who I was. And so 1 Corinthians 15, 21 says this. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, and who was that man? Adam. Adam. Now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man, Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 54 says this, The scriptures tell us the first man, Adam, became a living person, but the last Adam, this is Christ, is a living or a life-giving spirit. So we see by those two scriptures that, that Adam brought in death, Christ brought in life, amen, which now makes us new creations in Christ, right? 2 Corinthians 5.17, pay attention. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Colossians 3.9 also tells us to put off the old man and to put on the new man. So, I have a question. If the Bible says that through Christ we have become new creations, that would probably mean we're something more than man, right? Yes, no, maybe. Yes, it would. It would. So, here's the question for you. Do you trust and believe who God says you are? Do you trust and believe what God has done for you in your life for you to have a new life? Because 2 Corinthians 5.18 says this, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Now all things are what God says they are. Not, not what you say they are, not, not what you think they are. If God says that you have been born again, and by the way, if you are born again, there had to be a death somewhere. There had to be for you to say, I'm born again, right? There was. It was in Christ. However, my point is, sometimes we choose to take what we think about ourselves to be more real in our lives than what God has already done. Rather than trust and believe what God has said and done for you to be true in your life, we sometimes kind of shy away and we, we want to, like, hold on to some things that God has buried. Buried, dead, put away. Here is an interesting thing to think about, right? And, and it really takes some, some time spending with God to comprehend this, right? If Christ, if we are who Christ says we are and we're made in his image, the body, think about this, the body that was buried wasn't the same body that was risen. And the Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. So we need to now begin to see ourselves the way God sees us, as healed, delivered, free, moral people in the body of Christ. So what is the purpose of all this, Dan? The purpose is that until you begin to understand who you are in Christ, what he has done for you through Jesus Christ, then you will not be able to fully embrace the giftings that he has endowed you with for the profit of the whole body. Because God has uniquely done some things for us as a people, individually, however collectively, to make us supernatural beings in the world. Realize this. 
and, and this, is, this is a fact. As human beings, but spiritual beings first, we have the ability to exist in two dimensions. Well, Brother Dan, how do you, how do you figure that out? Where is Christ? He is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And if we are in him, the Bible also says in Ephesians that we have also been seated. So if you have the ability to trust the word of God to the fullest, then you have the ability to tap in to a realm that you don't fully exist in yet but have access to. Come on, that, that's, a, that's something to shout about right there. And because we don't fully understand or read our Bible to understand it, we miss out on the blessings and the benefits of what God has provided for us because we simply don't know how much more, how much more could we do as a body if we fully embraced what God has done? Just saying. But what this has done, it has created oneness, unity, and harmony within the body. Because through the reconciliation where before we were born again, we were opposing forces with God. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, he loved us and he did something about it. Some people think that, you know, I found God, but God wasn't lost. We were. And he pursued us. He pursued us. And he's still pursuing us. We need to make that a reality in our thinking and in our heart. But we all do really need to fully understand that our union with Christ and to fully embrace that will also enable us to walk in the giftings that he has so endowed us with. Do you understand? Does that make sense? I just want you to be with me. I don't want to leave anybody lost. Thank you. But it's true, right? Uh, God has done some things for us that puts us in a particular place in Christ where his anointing is upon us, in us, and through us, and all around us because of where we exist. We are not just common people. We are not. And the more you align your thinking with that reality, the more that anointing will begin to come upon you and it will begin to overtake you and you'll begin to walk in a particular flow of supernatural experiences that you never had before, before you begin to renew your mind. 
essential, essentially important. So, the next half of this is going to center more on those varying parts and where, where they fit in, how you see them, what, what does mine look like, and how I view it. But I want to tell you a little story first. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. So some of you know that, that I used to be, and sometimes in my own mind think I still am, an athlete, right? <laughs> in high school, I played basketball uh, at Del Castle, and that, that's a picture of my high school uh, senior basketball team uh, that, that we had already been together for two years, and this was our third year. And so we had a coach that was very, very rigid and strict about you playing your role, right? I mean, he didn't allow for if your role was to get rebounds and you started doing some different stuff, you, you was going to be sitting next to him, right? He was very uh, disciplined about how he trained us and how he, he, he schooled us around fundamentals and connecting each and every one of our talents together to make us one unit. That year, we were 23 and 3 because we played together as a unit. And the result of that, on the next slide, we won the Blue Hen Conference Championship here in Delaware. Yeah, that was me back then. But what, what, is, what is my point? My point is that here in the body of Christ, God has uniquely gifted each and every one of us. And if we would see our giftings, accept them as God has himself distributed them, as opposed to looking and frowning on others and wanting to be in another person's gifting because the one you have is not what you like and you're not up front and being seen or doing whatever it is you want to do. It happens. It does. So let's take a look at it and see what the Word has to say. 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 17. Yes. The body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? No. If the whole body, <laughs> this is funny, were an eye, how would you hear? It'd be impossible. What? Or, <laughs> thank you. Or if your whole body was an ear, how would you smell the beautiful food that's out in the lobby? It'd be impossible. We can sometimes feel inferior or devalued because we don't see our gift as important as another. But God has placed significance in the diversity of the parts in the body, regardless 
to where it is, what you do, your part is a necessary, vital, significant part of the body. We are dependent first upon Christ, and then we are interdependent upon each other. And I'll tell you why. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 through 21. But our bodies have many parts, as we saw in the illustration first. God has put each part just where he wants it. Let me read, read that again. For our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. So, that should kind of resolve all argument. God has. And, and if God has gifted you with a gift, if God has endowed you with special abilities, then he has also built you in a way that you are uniquely capable of performing that particular function if you would embrace it. If you would embrace it. How strange a body would be, verse 19, if it had only one part. We could not function as a body. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. We need everybody. Everybody. <laughs> Romans 12, 4, and 5, we're, we're going through this again because I want to point out another uh, aspect of this verse. So it says, for as we have many parts in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. We just mentioned that. They do not have the same function. Verse 5. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Members of one another. There is also a sense of belonging in the body. Right? You can come into the body of Christ and you can find a place to be who you are. You can find a place of acceptance. You can find a place that you'll be embraced and loved and, and, and you can find a place where you can utilize the gift that God has so given you. You don't have to live abandoned. I know some people deal with those abandonment issues, if that ain't a lie, from the pit of hell, because God has already embraced and accepted each and every one of us. And how much greater is his love? His love than human love. You know, sometimes we need to fully understand the love of God. It's not natural. It's not. However, God has gifted you and me and has placed us in the body exactly where he wants you to be. Right where he wants you to be so that there would be diversity 
and equality amongst the body. So that everybody has a part to play and that you would understand how vitally important your part is to play. Because this is true of the natural body and it's true of the body of Christ. When there is a function of the body that is not in operation, depleted or otherwise not working, it impacts the whole body. So when there is, let's say, I don't know, an area of the body, and I'm talking about your physical body, right? Say your back or your kidneys or your liver or something that has shut down. It not only impacts your body, it impacts your life. And it is the same way with the body of Christ. People seem to think that, you know, they're not important or their part doesn't matter, but it fractures the body and limitates our ability to do certain things when, when you have a gift and you don't use it or you, you have a gift that you don't want to use because you want another gift. The body is, it, it just doesn't function the same. Each and every person that has accepted what God has gifted them with and is utilizing it, it profits the whole body. Equal importance. Equal importance. All right, coming to a close here. 1 Corinthians 12, 22 through 26. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. While the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. Excuse me. This makes, again, for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad and celebrate with it. So we, we really need to care more for those that are involved in those areas that are hidden, that you don't see as much, that, that, that aren't those exposed out front ministry gifts. You know, we really do need to give more care and special honor to those parts because when you think about it, like, they, they're kind of the ones that, that are doing the heavy lifting. Like, it's easy to come in, sit down, listen to a message, and then leave. But you have no idea the legwork that was put in Monday through Friday to make everything possible. Like this family fest. 
Like, there is folk working day to day to, to make this happen. And we don't see them. We don't hear about them. We don't even acknowledge them. But if they weren't in the positions and gifted with the giftings that they have, then guess what? It probably wouldn't happen in the way that it's happening. So, yes, we need to, when we see the Jennas, when, when we see those people that are serving out there in the, the coffee shop, we need to say, thank you for your service. Thank you for what you do here, right? Not to mention, uh, you know, the people that are on different committees, uh, the missions committee, the finance committee, uh, the people that are managing your finances. We don't think about that. We need to be praying for these folk because it's their gifting and talents that are pushing and moving Trinity to our next level. Vitally important for the profit of all. For the profit of all. We need to have mutual care and dependence. And when we have mutual care and dependence, this also creates harmony. That when one suffers, we all suffer. We all, because we're family. But when one uh, is honored or celebrated, we all rejoice together. Mutual suffering and celebration and honor together as one body. And when we focus on doing that, it helps to ensure that there is no schisms or division in the body. It helps us from belittling one another and ourselves. It helps us from becoming jealous of the other one. And it helps us from having a cliquish mentality. Oh, oh, I'm not, I'm not working with them. No. I want to work over here with these people. They more my kind. No. No. That's not God. We are one body, many parts. Every single one of us is necessary. And don't you for one minute let the enemy make you think you are not. We need you. And we need you too. Amen? First Corinthians 12, 27, and this is my close. All of you together, all of you together, are Christ's body. Comprende? And each of you, each of you is a part of the body. You're a part of it. So, find your fit. If you don't, if you haven't, find out where you fit in. We need you. Find out where you fit. And then, what has the Spirit of God... Now, now, here's something, to, you know, to help you. What has the Spirit of God given to you as a gift for service here at TCC? One of the ways you can figure that out is, what, what is it that you love to do that's effortless for you that may be painful for somebody else? 
That's my flow. If I love it, no bother with me, it's not laborsome or burdensome, then maybe that might be a gift. Right? However, if it might be feeling a little laborsome or, you know, you're not really, you know, get your juices flowing, then maybe not so much. But don't knock the one whose it is. Right? Because that's what God's done for them. Amen? So, in closing, I just want you to understand, right, we are a body. We are the body of Christ. And God has blessed each and every one of us with a special, unique gift and function. Use it. Use it. I want to pray for us, but I want you to know your life is God's gift to you. Make it your gift to God. Make it your gift to Him. Lord, we do thank you for your word and we thank you for providing us clarity and understanding of the giftings and, and how those giftings are manifested in our lives. Father, will you help us not to compare ourselves with others in your family? May we seek instead to be the person you've made us to be and help each one of us to use the gift that you have given us to bless others in the body today. In Christ's name, amen. If the prayer team could come, if you have a need, a prayer, or if you need somebody to agree with you about your gift, or help you pray about your gift, then come on down. Don't, don't leave and, you know, leave with the same thing you came in here with. Like, we family. We want to help. We're not trying to be in your business. Trust me, we're not. But we are trying to be a support, right? We are trying to be a support. So if that's you, come on down. We have prayer ministers here in the front. And for the rest of us, I bless you for the rest of this week, that God would be with you, that he would go before you, that his grace would be upon you, that, that he would open doors for you that no man can close and close doors that no man can shut. Amen. Go with God. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast. We hope this met you exactly where you are. To learn more about us, head to our website at tccde.com or follow us on social media at Trinity Community Church. TCC, a home for you.